Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here with the Raptors Digest, reacting to the Toronto Raptors 118-112 win against the Milwaukee Bucks. This game was absolutely ridiculous. I'm recording it immediately after after watching it. My heart is still pounding. There was a double overtime thriller. You know, I apologize if this podcast is a bit incoherent, a bit jarring, a bit all over the place because I'm still trying to get my mind and body just settled after watching it. I'm flying solo here tonight. Unfortunately, Rikers without internet, so he's unable to record, get on the video. So that's unfortunate, but this game... So much to break down. Double overtime, just fantastic watch. Well, I don't know if fantastic's the word because, you know, if it went into another overtime, I probably would have had a heart attack because, you know, I, I couldn't, I, I don't even know what was happening. But we're just going to dive straight into it. The The first player that we got to talk about is is Kawhi Leonard and you know it was a it's been an it was an up and down game for Kawhi because he started off in the first quarter you know doing regular Kawhi things and unfortunately he injured his ankle it looked like and for the rest of the game he was kind of just hobbling around he was running up the court he was limping he wasn't in proper running motion at all and when he go in the lane when he's making his dribble moves he still had the regular Kawhi handle but he didn't have that explosiveness so as the game went along he started to figure it out a bit more and got to his spots instead of being explosive and powerful but just by using brute force and you know he willed this Toronto Raptors team to win there's some other guys that are certainly going to get credit but you know we're going to talk about Norm and all those players but Kawhi's the first and foremost reason we won this game just the way he asserted himself in, in moments where he really needed to and where we really needed him to get us a bucket he got it and shout out to Kawhi Leonard man he he makes the plays whether it's getting a bucket whether it's you know defending whether it's getting a clutch steal you know there, there's so many things we could talk about what Kawhi does in these games and he's legitimately a star on the offensive end and defensive end you know we're gonna we're gonna get it straight out of the way the Kawhi doom like that play of the day tonight was in the second overtime Malcolm Brogdon one of the most steady players in the NBA you know he had the ball and the ball kind of went loose Brogdon kind of secured it and there's been a lot of talk about the clutchness of Kawhi Leonard and comparing him to Kobe Bryant in NBA history I think Max Kellerman made that take on ESPN but the point that they failed to bring up in the favor of Kawhi now I'm not going to get into the Kobe Kawhi debate on this one Kobe's obviously a legend Kawhi needs to do more and more in his career do it on a more consistent basis regardless but Kawhi does clutch plays outside of just scoring the basketball, outside of hitting dumb shots. Yes, he hits dumb shots. Yes, he hits game seven season-saving shots. But he also makes plays like this. He just strips the ball out of Malcolm Brogdon, right out of his hands, taking candy from a baby, goes down and finishes down the lane after a game where he's already rolled his ankle and he's kind of wavering because of his health and all that. I believe there's a play in the first overtime where, you know, he had he had a tip pass that ended up leading into a Siakam score. Just Kawhi does everything that we need to win. He had 36 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, a block, only 2 fouls. Shout out to Kawhi Leonard, man. He had 12 of 13 free throws, which were all needed in this game. We've talked to death how blessed Raptors fans to have a true superstar in this league. And, you know, shout out to Kawhi. But we all know this. We all know what Kawhi does. And the rest of the Raptors, they, they had a lot of people step up tonight. And the first player that we got to talk about who stepped up is Norm God himself. Listeners of the Raptors Digest know. I'm a Norman Powell diehard supporter. Riker doesn't fall on the same side as me. I love Norman Powell. What he did in that Pacer series, the Bucks series two years ago, will forever make me a fan. No matter how long, how inconsistent he is, I'll always be a fan and have faith in Norman Powell. And, you know, in the first couple series, he, he didn't really reward my faith. But this Eastern Conference Finals, Norm God is back. Playoff Norm is back. And... He has been remarkable. He's been remarkable these past two games. Norman Powell off the bench, 19 points, 7 of 13 shooting, 2 rebounds, 3 assists. 
Uh, he, he unfortunately got fouled out on some really dumb calls, but, you know, 3 of 5 from the three-point line, he was the spark that the Raptors needed. Without Norman Powell, we would have certainly lost this game. He's coming off the bench and being aggressive. This is what we've been saying the whole season about Norman Powell. When he is confident, when he is looking for his shots, when he's in attack mode, he's a phenomenal basketball player. There's no debating it, and if he plays like this on a consistent night-in-night-out basis... He's a legitimate starter, upper echelon starter in this NBA. And nothing will make me change my mind on that if he can play with this confidence. Because he is, a, in theory, a good three-point shooter. I know he's super inconsistent, but he has the form, and he's shown that he can. when he's on a hot streak, he can really knock him down. His athleticism is remarkable, the way he explodes to the rim. His handle's pretty tight, so he can get around players. But the issue with Norman Powell is sometimes he gets too aggressive, he doesn't know where to pick his spots, and you know sometimes he gets too tentative, and he doesn't take the right shots he needs. It's all about the feel for the game with Norman Powell. And when he has the feel, he has the talent to be a very, very strong player in this NBA. And we saw, we're saw we seeing in this Buck series, he's being confident, making the right decisions, making the right drives. And I'm just super happy to see Norman Powell thrive. This is why he got the big contract, because he was playing like this in the biggest of moments. And really, this is the biggest stretch. This is the biggest opportunity Norman Powell has had in his career. And he's running with it. He's running with it, and I'm glad to see someone on the bench really step up, because the rest of the bench hasn't really stepped up, and we'll get to them after, but shout out to Norman Powell, uh, another player that we have to talk about who, who struggled, has struggled so far in this Milwaukee Bucks series, Pascal Siakam. Tonight, 25 points, 11 rebounds, 3 steals, uh, 9 of 18 from the field, 51 minutes for Pascal, Kawhi played 52, but... Pascal Siakam's aggression, the way he came out in this game, in attack mode, he was looking to get to the rim, get to his spots, get going, and when Pascal Siakam gets to that right side of the court, where he can just bank it in over whoever's guarding him, you know, he's he's pretty unstoppable, he's so athletic, he's so aggressive going to the rim, and I, I just love to see Pascal Siakam not being hesitant on his drives, because in the, the last half of the Sixer series and the first two games against Milwaukee, he was tentative. It didn't really make sense to me because he's such a good player, he's such a good slasher. The fact that he just kind of hover around the three-point line, and when he had the ball, always be looking for Lowry or Kawhi to, to pass it off immediately. It didn't make sense, because he's such a good scorer, and getting to the lane pretty fast, and there's a couple times, even with Giannis on him, he was able to just bully his way to the rim, and that, that's a player that's certainly very difficult to bully and get get good shots on, so shout-out to, shout to Pascal Siakam for really stepping up his game, and this is the point I was making in the last podcast. The role players, you know, Kawhi, the Kawhi Leonard's of the world, they're going to play great no matter where they are. You know, they'll have up and down games, but road and home and away games aren't really going to affect the super, superstars. But Pascal Siakam, role players like Marcus Gasol, uh, maybe not necessarily role players, but the rest of the players usually thrive more at home. You know, they need their confidence going from the crowd, just energizing them, those sorts of things. And I think that was a big help for Pascal Siakam and some of the other players on this Toronto Raptors team. So I'm really happy they got the win because the crowd really rallied behind this team when, you know, Norman Powell and Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry also played a great game. We can talk about him briefly, but, you know, when two of those guys were fouled out, we were in OT and we had Fred on the court, which was is a tough sight. He, he didn't have the greatest game tonight either, but uh, I got to give credit to Fred Van Vliet in the overtimes. He did step up his performance from earlier in the game, but still was one for 11 from the field, one for eight from the three-point line. I did have six assists, so it wasn't the worst 
possible game we could get from Fred, but still, he's, he shouldn't be getting 31 minutes, but I guess Nick Nurse didn't have any other choice, but we can get into that after. But the way the crowd rallied behind the team, you know, the, the SBC, the uh, Scotiabank Center or Scotiabank Arena, it, it, it's been up and down the playoffs. It's not been to the echelon that's been in the past, like that 2016 run, but this game and some of the other ones that we've had recently have really been top-notch. So shout out to all the fans there. Shout out to Danny Loveless, the guy who runs our Twitter. He was in, uh, he was in in Jurassic Park tonight flew up from Newfoundland so exciting to exciting to see if you snapchats get an inside look of Jurassic Park but home court advantage is so valuable so we need to take over we needed to win this game tonight we need to win the game on Tuesday we need to really come out and get the W's on our home floor and thankfully enough, Kawhi Leonard was able to do it. Hopefully, Kawhi's injury is nothing serious. You know, he played he played on that rolled ankle 52 minutes tonight, and it was needed. There's no blame. When people were blaming Nick Nurse for playing Kawhi Leonard too many minutes, and there was the, you know, a few of the TNT broadcasters brought up, they said Kawhi was tired. That's stupid. It's playoff basketball. He only played 40 minutes that game. I know it's all this, that, and whatever. It wasn't the minutes. It was just the fact that we ran our offense completely through him throughout the whole third quarter. We need to move the ball a bit more. Kawhi needs to be on the court as much as possible, especially when other people are in foul trouble. There are certainly some things you can knock Nick Nurse for throughout his, uh, you know, his tenure of things he's chosen to do with the Toronto Raptors in the playoffs. You know, I'm certainly by no means saying Nick Nurse is a perfect coach, but the, you can't bag on him for playing Kawhi 40 minutes. That's that's a foolish foolish argument to make. Tonight, we needed all 52 of Kawhi Leonard's minutes, and if he probably played 30 seconds less, we might have lost this game. There's no margin for error, and the Raptors were fortunately able to pull it out. Now, we'll get into the players that struggled especially in Game 2, and the first guy that will, it's more of a success story than the other players, but Marcus Gasol, he, he was horrendous, probably the worst game I've seen him in a Toronto Raptor uniform in Game 2, but tonight, came out and wasn't perfect by any means, you know, we'll, we'll get into the OGs after, but... He was confident. He was looking for the right shots, and there's a couple times he passed up some shots I maybe would have liked, but he, he came out, and I, I was I was happy with the the way Marcus Hall was looking for his threes. He was confident in taking some shots. He took some mid-rangers that were great looks. You know, he missed a couple of easy ones, but the fact that he was taking them and looking for a shot, it was a lot better than game two. Marcus Hall can certainly play a lot better, especially with the opportunities the Bucks are giving him, but tonight, there's I have no complaints about Marcus Hall's game. 16 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists. Five blocks for him. He His defense was impeccable considering the whole team was in foul trouble. He's playing with five fouls for most of the game. You know, he did a pretty good job of Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez ate him up in the first game. And tonight, he, Brooke Lopez had a solid game. He had 16 points, six rebounds. But a lot of that wasn't against Gasol. And Gasol's help, especially on Giannis, it, it was remarkable. That's actually, before we get into the other players, because Marcus Gasol is a solid story. We'll, we'll get into the last positive point. Nick Nurse, a lot of people have been quick to bag on him. We've certainly brought up a lot of points where he should have made some different adjustments, made some different moves, and made some poor choices. And there's some things in this game as well. The Fred Van Vliet playing him 31 minutes when there's stretches of the game where you didn't need to have him on the court. Maybe Danny Green. If Danny Green and Fred are both shooting horrendously, you'd rather Green on the court just because he's a better defender or a longer guy. That's just my opinion. But, uh, you know, enough of the nurse bashing. He did a really smart move last night and kind of went against what Riker and I were saying. We proposed that it was smart to let Giannis get to the rim and kind of do all the damage for the Bucks and focus on the three-point shooters. But as the first two games showed, that's not really the move for the Toronto Raptors. It was kind of the strategy Nick Nurse implemented, and logically it made sense, because Giannis, you figure he'd get his, and you know the rest of the players were what 
really kills you when you play the Milwaukee Bucks. That's what happened to the Celtics. You know, the, the Brogdons of the world, the Militons, the, even the Connaughtons coming in, the Miritiches, the Ilyasovas, they, they are killing you. They're the ones players killing you, and Giannis is the reason they can all thrive. So I, I thought that was the move, but Nick Nurse tonight switched it up completely and said, you know what, Giannis, you're not getting any of yours. Because Giannis, I think he was averaging like, the 27 points per game the first couple games and you know playing well he's going head for head with Kawhi Leonard but he said no Giannis we're not going to have you let you have any breathing room there's going to be a double on you the whole game Kawhi Leonard will be switched on to you for most of the night you know arguably the greatest on-ball defender in league history and it worked it really worked in shutting down Giannis and it there surprisingly enough the fact that they were able to contain Giannis to such a great extent the rest of the players weren't getting as good of looks you know, I know uh, George Hill and Brogdon had phenomenal games, and Lopez, they still got their shots, but the looks they were getting were not as good as the, as the ones they were getting in Milwaukee. You know, the fact that Giannis could just get to the rim at will when he had one or two guys on him, Siakam, who's a very good defender, but not capable of shutting down Giannis. The fact that he was getting the rim, there, there's no way to possibly contain the other shooters, so this doubling strategy was actually a great, smart move by Nick Nurse, and Giannis was shut down. To, there's no other way of putting it. He had 12 points tonight for a fi- league finalist MVP. Now, he had 23 rebounds and 7 assists. He affected the game in other ways, but he ended up following out. He had 8 turnovers for Giannis, 0 for 3 from the 3-point line, 5 of 16 from the field, and that's a successful night. I think that strategy that Nick Nurse implemented was a great adjustment to make. By no means am I saying that Nick Nurse is a perfect head coach, but if you're going to bag on the guy for his poor decisions, you've got to give him credit when he makes something good. So shout out to Nick Nurse for doing something good, but the, the, the thing that the most optimally, you know, optically was the worst thing to watch as a Raptors fan, Fred Van Vliet tonight, he was decent in overtime, and I'll give him credit, but really, really struggled throughout this game. One for 11 from the field, one for 8 from the three-point line, three points. And the one thing I do, I do, I've always liked about Fred Van Vliet's game, he's always confident enough to take the shots. At least he's taken them. If he's going to be on the court, we want we know how good of a shooter Fred is in theory, and he's more of a liability if he's not taking the shots. So at least at least he's taking the shots that he needs to take. But unfortunately, they're not going down for him. And he's a smaller guy. He's a smaller stature guy. He's not as good of a positional defender as Kyle Lowry. So he he's a liability on the defensive end, especially when teams can load in on him. When teams can focus on getting switches onto Fred, just purely off size, he he can't shut down the likes of Milton or other players. And he was the kind of the the rim runner or the rim protector when transition games happen, because that's usually what a point guard does or a top wing guy. They're the first player back to just kind of slow down a fast break, and he's just too small. You see guys like George Hill, Bledsoe, just shoot it over him on these fast breaks, and it's really unfortunate, because Fred, I'm watching him, he's doing the right things defensively, but physically he's limited by his size to actually shut down these players. So I think if Fred was able to knock down the shots he usually hits, he wouldn't be such a liability in the series, but... They're not going down. They're not going down. I want him to keep taking him if he's on the floor, but Nick Nurse, you have to scale back Fred's minutes. You have to figure out something to do to get more size. I know Danny Green was horrendous tonight, but there's a lot of stretches where defensively the Raptors would have been a lot better off with Danny Green on the court, and offensively Fred Fred wasn't giving it to you either. So even if Danny Green's struggling, you got to play him more than Fred. That's just my opinion. But let me know what you guys think. I know I know a lot of people are calling for some of the deep bench players like Jeremy Lin, Chris Boucher, Malcolm Miller, Moreland, Jody Meeks. I don't think any of those guys you can really you can really you can't test those players in a game four because that's what we'll be looking at going forward of an Eastern Conference Finals. If they haven't played to this point, uh, I wouldn't be trusting them unless you're absolutely forced. to 
to do it. The only players I'd be willing to throw in and take Fred Van Vliet's minutes from is OG, Patrick McCall. Unfortunately, they're not available so far in the series. Not sure when McCall will be back, but hopefully he comes back soon because I'd like to see him get some run for the Toronto Raptors. But I brought up the point of Danny Green. Danny Green tonight, three points. He is he's struggling. This is the worst I've seen Danny Green play in and you know Toronto Raptors uniform, this stretch, and it's really unfortunate. It's really, really sucks because he's been one of the best shooters in the NBA throughout the whole regular season, and the threes just really aren't falling for him in these playoffs. He just needs to hit one, in my opinion. Just one, hopefully, before we go back on the road to Milwaukee to to really get his game going. Get the get the three point stroke, the confidence back up. I think Danny Green will be fine. I'm just waiting for that one shot to go down when he when he can get into a little rhythm. And the thing the thing about Danny Green though is He's playoff tested, he's playoff tested, and he hit that one big, big shot in the corner in overtime after not hitting, having a single point in the box score before, and he hit his only three of the game, and it was very timely, very, very timely, so shout out to Danny Green for that. Kyle Lowry had a solid night as well tonight, in my opinion, led the team in plus minus 11 points, five assists, four rebounds, but was limited by foul trouble, but he was looking for his shots being aggressive as well. Shout out to Kyle Lowry when he plays like that, wish, wish the refs didn't really cheese us, and giving all these fouls to Kyle Lowry. It made me sad. Made me sad watching the game. I know a lot of people, especially look at the Instagram live comments, the the refing was it was a bit shaky tonight. I don't blame anything on the refs, but uh the Raptors came out as the aggressive team. It's weird to see them have so many personal fouls. I know Giannis got fouled out and people might be complaining and there's a lot of fouls on the Milwaukee Bucks players too, but there are some shaky calls. Shaky, shaky calls, and Serge Ibaka, the final, the final play player we're going to talk about in this pod before we swing into the segments. Serge really needs to step it up. He needs to be looking for his jumpers in the mid-range area, and then not start the game with shooting threes. Serge Ibaka, when he starts shooting threes, he usually bricks them. He usually bricks them when he can get into a rhythm, hitting shots around the rim, hitting mid-rangers. He's a very you know, he's a good asset on the Toronto Raptors team. He can get you buckets, but tonight, two for nine from the field, five points, six rebounds. We really need Serge to get confidence going early as soon as he gets in the game around the rim, mid-range jumpers, and then he can step it out from the three-point line. But we're going to swing into the segments. I already mentioned the Kawhi doom like that play of the day. It had to be Kawhi's steal at the end of uh, double OT. Got the steal on Brogdon. Really iced through the dagger in the coffin for, I don't know if that's a saying. But uh, he, <laughs> he really sent it into the Milwaukee Bucks. Got the W for the Raptors. So shout out to Kawhi on that play. There's a lot of Kawhi plays that could have been here. Marcus All hit a big three. That Danny Green three was big. Lots of positive plays for the Raptors. But not all plays could be the Kawhi doom like that play of the day. And some just make you say, oh, jeez. And tonight, the OGs play the day. It's going It's going to my boy, Marc Gasol. Marc Gasol, he, he had a great game. I, I raved about his performance. You know, it's certainly much improved from the first couple ones of the series. But he, he had a layup at one point. He made a nice drive. He had some nice isos because Brooke Lopez can't guard. He can guard me. He can guard half of the people listening to this podcast uh, in the in the front court, you know, lateral quickness and all that. But Marcus also, he was able to drive by straight by Brooke Lopez and do a, do a quick get to the rim. You know, seven footer right around the rim. Pretty easy layup with one smaller guy in help. But uh, instead, he tried to do some some Steve Nash-esque wraparound th- something pass. It was something and you know it went to, it went to a Milwaukee Bucks player i was very confused as to why he did such a thing you know he had a layup he had a layup why try and throw it to a Milwaukee Bucks player with a wrap around behind the head pass but that's how it goes makes me say ogs oh, certainly the ogs play of the day but finally the infamous, the one and only Damari Carroll gold star award and Pascal Siakam awesome awesome game for him tonight but uh you, you all know what it's going to be 
end of regulation. The Raptors up by two. I think there was maybe 17 seconds left. One, you know, there wasn't there wasn't even a full shot clock left. Pascal Siakam gets fouled, goes to the line, could ice the game. You make it a two possession game, it's over. It's over. And uh, Pascal Siakam, he's at the line. I'm I'm kneeling by the TV. Please make these first one in and out. You know, the second shot, he gets the ball. Pascal Siakam, great free throw shooter, bangs it off the back of the rim. And watching that killed my soul. Chris Middleton comes down the next possession and. You know, gets a gets his own rebound on a block shot, and we we were in overtime. We had the, the my heart had to really really suffer through that. So Pascal, that place getting the Demar Kill Gold Star Award. There there was a lot of other stuff that happened in this one. I certainly missed a lot. You know, just because of how long it was, how much it happened, and you know, as I mentioned at the beginning of the pod, I'm probably all over the place, but. That's how these games go. The Raptors got the W, nonetheless. Uh, we, we can look at a few of the Bucks players. Uh, Nikola Meritich, he didn't really do much. The starters for the Bucks really didn't do much. It was Brogdon and George Hill who really killed this team. George Hill with 24 points, and, and this could have been the OGs as well at the at the end of the game because uh, George Hill was at the free throw line to really keep the Bucks. And I don't even know what OT it was. And he had two free throws, and it gave me flashbacks to the NBA Finals where he got fouled and he could have sealed the deal in LeBron's 50-point game in uh, the first game one against the Golden State Warriors. And he, he missed that free throw, and it became a huge meme. And tonight, he looked a bit shook at the free throw line, but he knocked down two of the free throws. So that's how it would be, just that, that meme if he missed it. It would have been would have been fun to see. But yeah, him and Brogdon really, really went off tonight. Bledsoe, he, he, he's been really trash for this Milwaukee Bucks team, in my opinion. Now, after I say that, he's probably going to come out and play really well. But uh, if the Raptors can keep him around the three-point line, keep him taking tough shots, the Raptors should be fine. Milton struggled tonight as well. It, it, the Raptors' defense was impeccable tonight. They did all they can to, to really stop the Milwaukee Bucks team. Just sometimes on offense, the it got a bit stagnant. The shots weren't really going in. And I think a lot of that was due to Norman Powell, who was leading the bench offense, and Kyle Lowry, who's the engine for this Toronto Raptors starting unit. They... They struggled. They had, were in foul trouble, sorry. They de- certainly didn't struggle. So hopefully the Raptors can stay out of foul trouble, play really good in the next game. I'm really happy they got this W, but, you know, let me know your thoughts. You guys are the best for making this far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all that cool stuff. I want to hear what you guys' thoughts are on just this game, this series. I picked the Raptors in six, and I think if we win this second game at home, we'll have the momentum going to Milwaukee, and who knows? Who knows what could happen, but I want to know your opinions in the comment section below. Check out everything. Because you're the best. We love making the content for you. Anyways, I'm signing out. Cheers.